It's 6 p.m. and you are tuned to your community radio station, KVMR-FM Nevada City, KCPC Camino. Today is Friday, September 22nd. This is your KVMR Evening News. Up ahead, the California Report brings us a lesson in linguistics that's distinctly Californian. Then, the California News Service investigates a handful of bills focused on healthcare transparency and accessibility heading to Governor Gavin Newsom's desk. And closer to home, Nevada City-based movie theater The Onyx hosts two upcoming features at the Nevada Theater starting this Sunday. Stick around as KVMR News Director Claudio Mendoza gets the details on what to expect from the events from both Onyx Theater Assistant Manager Spencer Keller and Citizens for Choice Director and Board Member Samantha Shady. This is the California Report. I'm Madi Bolaños in San Francisco. And here are some California stories we're following. California is suing a national anti-abortion group and a chain of five pregnancy centers in the Bay Area, alleging they falsely advertised a procedure called abortion pill reversal to pregnant patients. Attorney General Rob Bonta says the procedure involves high doses of a hormone that has not been approved to be safe or efficient. He says the group's Heartbeat International and Real Options Obria lied about that and also didn't alert patients to possible side effects. This is unacceptable. Patients making serious and time-sensitive medical decisions must have transparency. They must have the facts. Both groups did not immediately return a request for comment. In Placer County, Rockland teachers have filed an unfair labor practice charge against the school district there over the school board's approval of a parent notification policy for students that identify as transgender. The teachers union has also requested that the state public employment relations board order the school board to rescind its policy. That's according to the Sacramento Bee. Heather Winter, a teacher with Rockland Unified, spoke at this week's school board meeting. The Rockland Board should embrace a more collaborative, inclusive, and transparent process that honors the diverse perspectives and expertise within our educational community. By working together, we can ensure that our policies truly serve the best interests of our students and the broader community. Rockland is one of a handful of school districts across the state that's approved policies requiring school staff to notify parents if a student identifies as transgender. Support for the California Report comes from Stanford Medicine, comprising its School of Medicine and adult and children's health systems working together to advance knowledge and improve lives. StanfordMedicine.org. The Wesley Foundation, investing in California's underserved children and youth. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Ocean Institute, advancing the frontiers of ocean science, exploration, and discovery on the web at SchmidtOcean.org. It's Hispanic Heritage Month. Here at the California Report, we are often discussing how to pronounce the names of most cities in California. For example, Pajaro or Pajaro, Planada or Planada. When should we pronounce words and proper nouns in Spanish versus standard American English? The truth is, we haven't exactly landed on a correct answer. And maybe there isn't one. 
But to help us get to the bottom of this is Kirsten Silva Gruz, professor of literature of Latino and Latina studies at UC Santa Cruz and author of Cotton Mather's Spanish Lessons, a story of language, race, and belonging in the early Americas. Kirsten, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So tell us, why are most city names in California from Spanish origin? And why are so many of them named after saints? Every school child knows that the Spanish were navigating in and out of California as early as 1542, sticking a name onto every significant place that would help someone else navigate and then claiming it for the Spanish crown. Of course, the English did the same thing, but Whereas the English would often name places after kings or the aristocrats who sponsored their expedition, the Spanish Catholics would usually honor their religion. Catholicism has a liturgical calendar where there are certain saints who are honored on each day. So if a ship landed on that day, the captain might decide to name the place after the saint corresponding to the calendar date. So if names originated in Spanish, how did we end up with San Francisco or San Jose and not San Francisco or San Jose? (laughs) Well, the gold rush happened and California was incorporated into the U.S., which brought many new waves of English-speaking colonists and that population just dwarfed the Spanish speakers. But I actually find it interesting that so many Spanish names were retained. And one reason for this is that 19th century California originally had a bilingual constitution. There were efforts made to represent the existing Spanish-speaking population and guarantee their language rights, but that didn't last long because Spanish lost its status as the prestige dialect. We had a bilingual constitution? Yes, we did. It's something that gets forgotten easily. Interesting. So then what does this trend say about the way language evolves over time? Language usage evolves over time. It's constantly changing and evolving, just like fashion or trends of any kind. It's a social practice. It's a cultural practice. And the prestige or the value that goes with any particular way of speaking will rise or decline over time as well. Okay. So is there a right or wrong way to say these names? So that's kind of a trick question, and we want to make a distinction between grammar or the kind of hardwired rules of language that dictate whether you can make up new words in a certain way, like nation, internationality. But usage is a cultural thing, and because language is always changing, the rules around whether you can mix languages like Spanish and English or whether you should pronounce things one way or the other, those are all social values that can change over time. And there is no right or wrong. There's just a set of norms. It's only wrong if you're not understood. If someone makes you ashamed because of the way you've pronounced a place, that's on them. That was Kirsten Silva Gruz, professor of Latino Latina studies at UC Santa Cruz and author of Cotton Mather's Spanish Lesson, A Story of Language, Race, and Belonging in the Early Americas. Thank you so much, Kirsten. Thanks.
And that's the California Report for Friday, September 22nd. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. Our engineers are Danny Bringer, Brendan Willard, Christopher Beal, Brian Douglas, Jim Bennett, Catherine Monahan, and Seal Muller. Our producers are Izzy Bloom and Keith Misaguchi. Our senior editor is Angela Corral. Our vice president of news is Ethan Tobin Lindsay. And our chief content officer is Holly Kernan. I'm your host, Madi Bolaños. Thanks for listening and have a great weekend. Surprise medical bills are just one focus healthcare advocates have their sights set on tackling in a series of new bills. Suzanne Potter from the California News Service has details on four healthcare bills making their way to the governor's desk. Healthcare advocates are urging Governor Gavin Newsom to sign four bills that aim to lower medical bills, improve transparency, and make healthcare more accessible. Assembly Bill 665 would allow minors over 12 to use Medi-Cal benefits for treatments they consent to on their own, while still allowing providers to involve a parent or guardian when appropriate. Angela Vasquez, policy director for the Children's Partnership, says teens may avoid getting help if they have to give intimate details to their parents. Surveys show that making parental opt-in mandatory reduces the likelihood that teens will seek timely treatment, especially among LGBTQ+ and youth of color. The bill would also allow Medi-Cal to cover services even if the youth is not a danger to him or herself or the victim of child abuse or incest. Opponents say the bill interferes with parental rights. A second bill would stop surprise bills from out-of-network ambulance companies, instead requiring that patients pay only the in-network cost-sharing amount. Danielle Mealy, a mom from Citrus Heights, says after her teenage son tried to take his own life, the hospital transferred him via ambulance to a treatment center several hours away, resulting in a huge bill. Within a month, we received an ambulance bill of over $9,000, adding insult to injury, literally. Why is this practice commonplace? Why is it even considered acceptable? Debt collectors have objected to a section of the bill dealing with wage garnishment. A third bill would add physicians groups of 50 or more to the list of organizations that must make public financial data they report to two state agencies. Sonia Pellerin is a healthcare worker in Sacramento. With healthcare costs raising, we all deserve to know where our healthcare dollars are going in what's driving up the costs. Many times our patients are struggling to afford their health care. Those patients have the right to know how these medical groups are spending their money. Medical groups have called the bill an unnecessary layer of regulation. A fourth bill would extend Medi-Cal's comprehensive perinatal services program from 60 days to 12 months postpartum. The program helps arrange housing and food assistance, job training, and breastfeeding support. Opponents cite budget concerns. For California News Service, I'm Suzanne Potter. Find our trust indicators at publicnewsservice.org. Let's take a look at today's local news. The Sacramento Bee reports that fires blazing through parts of Northern California are driving smoke into the Sacramento region. The National Weather Service warns residents of poor air quality throughout the interior of Northern California, as smoke from Northwest California and across the Pacific Northwest spreads. Multiple fires are burning farther north in the state and bordering the Oregon border, including Siskiyou, Trinity, and Humboldt counties. 
The U.S. Air Quality Index advises people with heart or lung disease and older adults and children to protect themselves by avoiding strenuous activities and limiting outdoor activities. They also recommend using air filters and keeping windows closed. The smoke seems to be settling in the Bay Area, with air quality conditions registering as unhealthy compared with Nevada County's current moderate status. A reminder that a moderate air quality status indicates acceptable air quality. However, this range may pose moderate health concerns for certain individuals. As the KVMR News Desk has previously reported, Highway 20 will be fully closed for 12 days starting this Sunday, September 24th at 7 p.m. as part of the Omega Curves project. The first closure will take place at the Lowell Hill segment between the Omega Overlook and Bear Valley. Highway 20 is expected to reopen at noon on Friday, October 6th. In the meantime, drivers should use State Route 49 or State Route 174 as an alternate route. You can find out more information about the construction at omegacurves20.com. Nevada County Connects, the county's public transit service, is offering free bus fares to the county's Draft Horse Classic. The free fares began Thursday, September 21st and will continue through Saturday, September 23rd. Although the Draft Horse Classic is at the Nevada County Fairgrounds, all transit services will be free during this period, not just those going to the Draft Horse Classic. You can find bus schedules by looking at the Nevada County Connects Rider's Guide at nevadacountyconnects.com. And finally, after much anticipation, the Sacramento Zoo has decided on a name for the new baby capybara. The baby, who belongs to the family of giant rodents native to South America, has been dubbed Donatello, or Donnie for short. Yes, you're correct in assuming the name's inspired by one of the four main characters from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comics. Donatello the turtle uses his signature wooden staff for fighting crime. The zoo says, similar to the fictional talking-shelled reptile, Donnie the baby capybara is a natural with a bamboo stick. The San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance describes capybaras as a mix between a beaver, a pig, a hippo, and even a guinea pig, with all of their facial features, eyes, ears, and noses crammed at the top of their head. This from the Sacramento Bee. Now let's take a look at your forecast from the National Weather Service. For those in Grass Valley and Nevada City, tonight clear with a low around 50 degrees. Saturday, sunny with a high near 74. Saturday night is mostly clear with a low around 51 degrees. Sunday, mostly sunny with a high near 73. Sunday night is partly cloudy with a low around 51 degrees. In Truckee and Lake Tahoe, tonight clear with a low around 33 degrees. Saturday, sunny with a high near 65. Saturday night will be mostly clear with a low around 36 degrees. Sunday, mostly sunny with a high near 65. Sunday night will be mostly clear with a low around 40 degrees, gusts as high as 25 miles per hour. And in Sacramento and Woodland, tonight, clear with a low around 53 degrees. Saturday, sunny with a high near 79. Saturday night will be mostly clear with a low around 54 degrees. Sunday, mostly sunny with a high near 78. Sunday night will be partly cloudy with a low around 56 degrees. You're listening to the Evening News on KVMR. Nevada County has its fair share of nonprofits and artistic outlets. 
But what happens when the two collide? Nevada City-based movie theater The Onyx has two features coming to KVMR's downtown neighbor, the Nevada Theater. This Sunday, September 24th, the influential vampire flick Nosferatu plays alongside a live film score in anticipation of Silent Movie Day. Then, the theater teams up with Citizens for Choice for a screening of Booksmart in honor of Sexual Health Awareness Month. Coming up, KVMR News Director Claudio Mendonca gets the details on both events. National Silent Movie Day is September 29th, but here in Nevada County, we get to celebrate early. On Sunday the 24th, the Onyx and the Nevada City Film Festival will screen Nosferatu at the Nevada Theater. Here's Spencer Keller. He's the assistant manager at the Onyx Theater in Nevada City. That era of filmmaking kind of gets lost. Um, People, you know, haven't seen a lot of those so we we like to celebrate that era and bringing in uh, a silent movie is the best way to do that obviously so this is our second year doing that it's it's just cool to to bring the film to the community you know if you haven't seen it or if you've seen it on television or something to see it in like the nevada theater a theater built in 1865 um, with a live score from a uh, you know a, a band that is known for for doing this kind of thing, I I just think that's such a special special event to bring to the community. Spencer says that despite being made over a century ago, the silent German vampire film is still worth watching. Made in 1922, so it's over 100 years old, but it's still. It just holds up really well. A lot of that is Max Schreck, who who plays uh, the titular Nosferatu. He's his physicality, the way that he moves. It's just really uncanny. So it it holds up well. It's still pretty frightening uh, today. Also, uh, the director F. W. Murnau, his his cinematography is is really adds to the horror element. So we thought it was the perfect you know, horror masterpiece to bring in close to close to Halloween season and, and for silent movie day. Now considered a classic by many, the unauthorized adaptation of Bram Stoker's Dracula was almost lost to time. As far as I know, it, it is, um, you know, it was made without the uh, approval of the estate, you know, that owns the Dracula rights. And if I remember correctly, it they they destroyed most of the prints of the film after it was released for that reason, and I think one print survived and it was discovered, and which is amazingly lucky. But um, yeah, it's it's kind of punk in that way. <laughs> you know, it's a it's a it's a bootleg version, but in a lot of ways, it's sort of the um, greatest vampire movie ever made. You know, it just really nails the the fear factor that you would have. In their day, silent films were often accompanied by live musicians, and this Sunday's screening will be no different. The Invisible Czars, a self-described artsy rock collective, will provide the soundtrack. So they do their own original music. They have their own uh, music that they write and they perform. It's more modern, but as they call it, tastefully modern. Uh, So it's definitely within the spirit of the film. Okay, maybe you're not a horror buff. Maybe you're more of a comedy fan. Well, you're in luck. Next Tuesday, again at the Nevada Theater, the Onyx will be hosting a fundraiser for Citizens for Choice. 
with the move to the Nevada Theater, we had the ability to uh, to do some co-productions with the community, and we've we've been trying to ramp that up. A lot of that is you know fundraisers for uh, nonprofits, and so this next screening, Tuesday, September twenty sixth, is with Citizens for Choice. Uh, it's Book Smart, which is this really funny um, teenage you know coming of age. Uh, film that genre from famous in the 90s uh, where you know like these kids they realize they've just been studying uh, trying to get good grades and now they want to have fun at the end of their high school career uh, directed by Olivia Wilde yeah I actually have to give total credit to Samantha Shady from Citizens for Choice she was the one who chose this movie and I think it's a perfect choice my name is Samantha Shady. I go by she, her. I'm the development director for Citizens for Choice, which is our local nonprofit that um, is an advocacy and mission-driven um, organization for reproductive health and justice. We also financially and operationally support Nevada County's only low, no-cost reproductive health care clinic here in Nevada County that offers abortion care and gender-affirming care in addition to annual exams and STI tests and birth control and pregnancy tests and referrals and all those kind of good things. We just celebrated our 17th anniversary uh, and I know we still have a lot of people in the community who don't know about us so I'm really happy to be here today um, and, and uh, introduce ourselves to the community. Uh, we are located on Plaza Drive, 984 Plaza Drive. Um, we are over by Freed and the Brunswick Basin and we have a walk-in and appointments available for services through the clinic. Uh, the people who provide the services are called women's health specialists. They also have clinics in Reading and Chico as well. Citizens for Choice is currently celebrating Sexual Health Awareness Month. The World Health Organization recognizes and celebrates sexual health as uh, physical, emotional, mental, and social well-being in relation to sexuality. It encourages a positive, respectful approach. So this month, uh, we kind of look towards, um, you know, celebrating and educating the community on things such as family planning, safe spaces, pleasure with self and others, bodily knowledge, gender identity, sexual orientation, consensual relationships positive relationships that are nonviolent, positive self-esteem, sexual risk behavior awareness, and STI prevention, among many other things, as sexuality is intersectional. As mentioned, the screening of Booksmart on the 26th will be a fundraiser for Citizens for Choice. A portion of the proceeds for each ticket will be going to our organization. Um, we, we pay a substantial amount every month to fund the clinic itself and then um, you know raise funds for all of our advocacy efforts and for our organization's operating expenses. So we are going to be showing the movie Booksmart. This film is, is a nod, I, you know, according to Olivia Wilde, it's a nod to Bridesmaids, which paved the way for female-led raunch comedy. Um, before that, you know, we had like Revenge of the Nerds and um, Superbad, which it's, you know, it's similar. It's actually lazily compared to Superbad. So it's uh, like the female Superbad. So it's a coming of age high school graduation film. So naturally, it's got lots of parties. It's got sex. It also has consent. It's got um, animation. It's got basically everything you, need, you literally need in a comedy movie. And then you get to help the clinic and see for see. 
Nosferatu and the Invisible Czars will play the Nevada Theater on Sunday the 24th at 3 p.m., and Booksmart will screen as a fundraiser for Citizens for Choice on Tuesday the 26th. For KVMR, I'm Claudio Mendoza. That's our newscast for this Friday, September 22nd. KVMR gets support from generous listeners like you and Green Acres Nursery and Supply, hosting their annual Fall Festival, a family-friendly event being held Saturday, September 30th, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. at all seven locations. More at idiggreenacres.com and Sierra Stages presenting The Drowning Girls. Based on a true-life English crime story, three women marry the same man and meet the same fate. St. Joseph's Cultural Center, Fridays, Saturdays, Sundays through October 14th. Tickets, sierrastages.org. Support for KVMR's Future of Radio project comes from AJA Video Systems, empowering the next generation of local journalists and broadcasters. The KVMR News is produced by KVMR News Director Claudio Mendonca. I'm Kelly Reese. Have a great weekend. (laughs) 